Kevin Markwick. Mind you that for the convenience of those patrons who prefer not to smoke, seating areas on the right-hand side of this auditorium have been designated as no-smoking areas. Your cooperation is appreciated. When the papa found out, he began to shout and he started the investigation. It's against the law. It was against the law. Oh, what did mama saw? It was against the law. Who did mama look down and spit on the ground every time my name gets mentioned? The papa said, oh, if I get that boy, I'm gonna stick him in the house of detention. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going, I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rose and the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Come and take me away, but the press let the story leak. Now when the radical priest come to get me released, we is all on the current news week. And I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rose, the queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard See me and Julio down by the schoolyard There you go, Paul Simon, uh, me and Julio down by the schoolyard from the 1972 self-titled album. Uh, okay, it's the difficult penultimate show. Here we go. So, what have we got for you on this rather cold, eastery approaching evening? I don't know about you, but my mini eggs are frozen. Kind of an odd one tonight, but then I assume you you kind of wouldn't expect anything else. We got some very fine music from Frank Turner, Depeche Mode, 
Beth Orton, Kellogg Surprise. Hooray for the riffraff, uh, Daughter and Spain, amongst others. In fact, Spain features quite heavily tonight. Maybe because I'm off there next week. But purely coincidental proof that your mind, you know, is controlling you rather than the other way around. Film stuff includes Bernard Herrmann, Alberto Inglésias, and Cheney Kent is back uh, this week talking about George Fenton in the last of his series because he's going to be in the studio next week. Plus, the time posing pouch (laughs) pulls up unexpectedly (laughs) in 1966. And you, please, get in touch. All the usual ways I'll tell you about after uh, Phoenix...
Oh, there you go. That ended... Uh, uh, oh, concentrate, Kevin. That's uh, Phoenix Entertainment, the current single from them. Now, I was going to tell you, please get in touch with the show. Uh, you can email us, studio uk. but you don't want to do that. You want to go to the funky Facebook page, uh, which is the Kevin Markwick Show. I'm sure. Log into your Facebook and put me in that little searchy bit at the top, the Kevin Markwick Show, and you'll find us. Interact with the show that way. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at Kevin Markwick. Uh, and you can go online and abuse me uh, via the webcam thing at uckfieldfm.co.uk as well. I'd be really pleased if you would do that. Abuse, uh, yeah, abuse me, whatever you like. Um, in the meantime, here's Frank Turner. Blacking in and out in a strange flat in East London. Somebody I don't really know just gave me something to help settle me down and to stop me from always thinking about you. And you know your life is heading in a questionable direction When you're up for days of strangers and you can't remember anything Except the way you sounded when you told me you didn't know what I should do Like every other day And just like every boring blues When I get swallowed by the pain And so I fumble for your figure in the darkness Just to make it go away But you're not lying there any longer And I know that that's my fault So I've been pounding on the floor And I've been crawling up the walls And I've been dipping in my darkness With serotonin boosters Cider and some kind of smelling salts Make a deal If anybody ever asks us Let's just tell them that we met in jail And that's the story that I'm sticking to Like a stony-faced accomplice But tonight I need to hear some truth Am I never getting through this? Yeah, you once sent me a letter that said If you're lost at sea Close your eyes and catch the time, my dear And only think of me Well, darling, now I'm sinking And I'm as lost and lost could be And I was hoping you could drag me up And down here towards my recovery Sign you just a subtle little glimmer Some suggestion that you'd have me If I could only make me better Then I would stand a little stronger As I walk a little taller all the time Because I know you are a cynic But I think I can convince you yet Because broken people can get better If they really want to Or at least that's all I have to tell myself If I am hoping to
Now is the time, time for ice cream. Ice cream time! It's ice cream time with Lion's Mane. Ice cream time with Lion's Mane. Kevin Markwick. A warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program.
Depeche Mode, Heaven. Uh, that's the latest one. Um, I just looked them up, actually, on the Wikipedia thing, and they've been making music all this time. It seemed to me like they've just come back. Mm. Obviously wasn't paying attention. Although they look quite good, actually. He looks a bit kind of liney, but other than that, he looks like... He looks like the same bloke with things, but perhaps we all do when we get older, anyway. Um, Steve Mason now. My Lord, from Steve Mason, which is probably what you were thinking at the inanity of that previous link. Hands up, I don't know that much about Depeche Mode. 
Um, but I like that track. That's why I played it. Now, what I, I know more about Beth Orton, though. <laughs> yes, Beth. And she's got an album, Sugaring Season, which has been doing very well. And it's got a new single out called Dawn Chorus, uh, which I'm going to play you. After that, we move into the film stuff. Uh, the handbrake turn we do are half an hour into the film stuff, which is going to be good. And it's coming up right after Beth Orton. Brush my cheek and I knew what I had to leave Down cars came and glories all wrapped up in your sheets But if I noticed there was silence And what was left was us to surprise us You could say, you could say that you could say that it was But I never knew, no, I never knew, no, I never knew where this will be going All the stories people tell and all the tales I heard from myself It's best you know what else could tell the soft flesh that beats beneath your breath But if I know I'm as lonely as the moon who longs for the sun to come by I wait and wait and wait and wait but never seem to share the same sky But if the noise is always silence And what is that comes on to surprise us And I could say, I could swear, I could swear that it was my knowing But I never knew, no, I never knew, no, I never knew what this would be First album for six years, Sugaring Season, Dawn Chorus by uh, Beth Orton, of course. Okay, here we go, filmy-based entertainment time. (laughs) 
I, I, you know, I couldn't even play that on the recorder. The best I ever got was uh, peas pudding hot, I think, when I hassled my mum to let me take recorder lessons at school. So, uh, what are we going to do? Jamie Kent coming up in about five or six minutes. Before that, I'm going to play you a piece of music by Cliff Martinez. It's part of his score for... Arbitrage, Nicholas Yurecki's directorial debut, which I sat through last night, and it's very good, actually, and reminds you of why uh, Richard Gere is uh, still famous, because despite some appalling performances and appalling films, there's still something about him, and in this, I think he probably gives his best performance, actually, I would say. Mm, Yeah almost certainly certainly one of his best performances anyway and the score is uh, okay it's perfectly nice this is uh, one of um, martinez's kind of dreamy he's he's kind of dreamy soundtrack man really isn't he because he did drive and solaris and stuff like that and this is all very pleasant Thank you. 
is it me or are they are we a tad interchangeable those kind of scores mm, i suppose they what well, it's a film score so it has to generate an effect i guess i'm being a little harsh on it uh that was last chance from Cliff Martinez's score for Arbitrage, which you should have a look at. I'm playing it again next week at the Cinema in Upfield, so you've got another whole week to see it, and I, I can highly recommend it. I know I would say that, wouldn't I? But you know, but actually, I had a very nice time sitting through it, and it's um, rather a bit like the uh, side effects from the week before. It's not quite the film you think it's going to be when it starts, which is always a good thing. I'm, I'm kind of... Um, if it's 20 minutes to go and I can't figure out how it's going to play out, it wins as far as I'm concerned because I'm getting to the age where I really feel I've seen it all. He said jadedly. Okay, it's time for Cheney now, and this is rather good, actually. I, I enjoyed this one a lot. It's his. Um, he's going to tell us all about George Fenton. Hello. In this, the final slot of the series, I've got a mystery for you. Okay, so it's not mysterious at all. I'm talking about George Fenton, a composer of prodigious talent and range. A highly successful British composer, Fenton has often written for politically inclined British directors, but also with a feel for the romantic comedy. He also writes music for television, notably many of the later editions of David Attenborough's natural history documentaries. And, yes, he wrote the immediate familiar theme to the 80s crime drama Bergerac. Fenton began writing music for the theatre. This functional basis for his composition undoubtedly informs not only the music that he has written since, but also his collaborations, working with politically aware directors like Stephen Frears and Ken Loach. You can hear Fenton's music in Loach's film The Spirit of 45, which is on release at the moment. Here's a cue from arguably Freer's greatest hit, Dangerous Liaisons, and music that, in absorbing the sound and gesture of the Baroque, earned Fenton the first of his five Oscar nominations.
Fenton's experience of the theatre is reflected in the light touch that he brings to his music, as well as the stylistic assimilation in a score like Dangerous Liaisons. Musical design, if you like. One of his earliest and most conspicuous successes was the score to Richard Attenborough's Gandhi, the multi-award-winning biopic of 1983. Fenton collaborated on the music with the legendary Indian musician Ravi Shankar. Here's the cue from the dramatic Amritsar massacre set piece. Given all the socially aware drama with which Fenton has been involved, it is almost puzzling to read the long list of credits for fairly generic studio romantic comedies that is also a significant string to his bow. Probably the most outstanding contribution is the music to Groundhog Day, the film and its music 20 years old this month, and as bright and brilliant as ever. Here's the opening cue bringing a change not only in the weather. music, Indian music, band music, it might seem that Fenton likes to work with small groups. This is very much the case, not only as a hangover from his theatre work, but also as the expedient solution to the scoring demands of his television work. But Fenton is not opposed to the sound of a full orchestra. His collaboration with Richard Attenborough continued after Gandhi to Cry Freedom and finally to Shadowlands. Another biopic, this time of the writer C.S. Lewis, the subject might be far from the supernatural comedy of Groundhog Day, which was made in the same year, but both films have a big romantic heart. 
Fenton is reportedly very fond of this music, writing the orchestra an untethered epilogue to the drama, music to be heard with only the credits left on the screen. Goodbye. There you go, part of uh, 
George Fenton's sumptuous score for Shadowlands. Thank you, Cheney. That was uh, rather wonderful. People out there, we had to carry people out at the end of that film. They were, they, they were beside themselves. Uh, took a lot of money. Took a lot of money. And um, yes, like I say, now, ladies, calm yourself because Cheney will be in the studio live next week. Uh, and we haven't really fully decided on what we're going to do. It's going to be mostly film music, I guess. And uh, we're just going to talk nonsense for a couple of hours, hopefully. Um, it'd be nice to have someone to talk nonsense with. Now, what else did I uh, see this week? I was lucky enough to see the new Pedro Almodovar film, uh, I'm So Excited, which is his first comedy for some time, actually. I'm not quite sure when he last did a broad comedy. I'm a huge Almodovar fan. Um, and this is great. It's great fun. It's a kind of light and fluffy and uh, very colourful. It's more reminiscent of the women on the verge of a nervous breakdown stuff uh, than it is the last few pictures uh, that he's made. But it's still very, very, very entertaining. Now, I can't play you anything from that uh, because I'm certainly not going to play the Pointer Sisters, <laughs> which features quite heavily in it. So what I'm going to do is play you a bit from my most favourite amount of our film, Habla Cornella, uh, Talk to Her. special, really different. Tastes great. 
Frankie's spicy pork and beef sausage in a sesame seed roll. Topped with mustard, tomato or fruity sauce. Frankie's, the super hot dog. On sale at the kiosk now. Frankie's, from Lyon. Kevin Markwick. 105, Uckfield FM. Okay, so we're going to keep the Spanish theme going. Up to... Up to the news. This is a remarkable piece of music from Alejandro's Amen... Alejandro Amenabar's film. Ma and... This... Honestly... Mar and Dentro, the sea inside. Big apologies to anybody Spanish that's listening. This is a beautiful piece of music. And we'll see you on the other side for the time trunks.
Forwards, backwards, sideways. But when it comes to time, we are prisoners. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. You maniac! You blew it up! God damn you! God damn you all to hell! Must be some kind of hot tub time machine. Oh, yes, it's back. The time flares or whatever. Uh, now, hopefully this isn't too arcane uh, a time thing, time travelling uh, thing for you. But um, in this week's time travel extravaganza, which is where we look back at what people of the olden days were watching in my cinema, I'm going to cheat ever so slightly. I'm not going to talk about a corresponding week, you know, the one from whatever this week, million years ago rather than one that sits slightly in the future from where oh yeah from so having taken the trouble to come back in time i'm going to tweak the time posing pouch ever so slightly and move forward from this point in the past 
Yes, are you following me? Let me explain. It occurred to me that uh, many things have an adverse effect on business. You know, I can sit there on a Monday cursing and swearing at my bad luck of the sun coming out and terrible things like that. Um, and many, many things have an adverse effect on business. The cruddy films I'm sometimes forced to inflict on you, uh, the weather, and particularly during the summer months, annoying things like the Olympics interfere with me affording food for my hungry family. Anyway, it struck me that I'd never looked up what sort of business we were doing on a day in the past that I can only imagine was the worst ever day for business. No previous international, no other cup final, indeed nothing Wembley ever staged, matched the glamour of this event, the final of the World Cup. The cream of the world's players battle for the honour of playing on this arena on this afternoon. Waiting in the tunnel were England, on the right, and West Germany. When the moment came for the players to march out, 97,000 fans gave them the biggest roar of the competition. Yeah, it was a hot Saturday afternoon in July, July the 24th, 1966, and England were playing in the World Cup final. The World Cup final! Something a young football fan today can only dream about. Surely... Surely no one was going to the pictures. <laughs> uh, well, you may remember, uh, actually, you may remember in those days, films started on a Sunday, um, and the last day of the week was the Saturday. Anyway, so before I reveal what we were actually playing on that Saturday of the final, I can tell you that on the Sunday and Monday, we were actually very busy with quite an odd double bill. just as you see here. Do you know what you have just done? You have transferred us in time and space, and I hadn't even set the controls. Now, I don't know where we are. We could be anywhere in the universe, and at any time. Yes, this is how it began. The adventure that started by accident, taking us out of this time and place to a lost planet. Who's there? Who's there? Come with us into that strange new world. I cannot guarantee your safety, but I can promise you unimagined things. You have invaded the world of the Daleks. Oh my goodness, it's the Daleks. Doctor Who and the Daleks. Uh, coupled with a hard day's night, which is really odd. Ah! Every sound you utter. I mean, you probably take a fortune with it now as some kind of retro double bill. An alarm bell. They know we've escaped. 
Anyway, Doctor Who and the Daleks was made in 1965. It was a hastily made feature-length version of the first BBC Dalek story, its chief selling point being that it was in colour and cinemascope, or more correctly, techniscope, which was a a cheap way of doing cinemascope by uh, uh, photographing over two frames and then stretching it to the four, uh, over two sprocket holes and then stretching it to the four sprocket holes. And then in the cinema, we, we, we move it out to the full scope width did you get that uh ask me on facebook if you don't fully understand it and i'll and i'll explain it to you anyway um the big thing yeah was that it was in color uh, the bbc was not producing doctor who in color until 1969 and it's actually easy to forget just how popular the daleks were in the early 60s i had loads of dalek toys and books myself so i was thrilled when i saw these films a few years after this um it was hugely popular. It took a lot of money. Spawned a sequel. They were made very cheaply uh, by Amicus, actually, who made horror movies. But they didn't want to scare people off, so they called themselves something else. It was like AAUS films or something. I can't quite remember. Anyway, uh, it took a lot of money. It spawned a sequel called Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD, which I seem to remember being a better film. Although I sat through the first one yesterday in uh, the interest of research. Uh, it was pretty ropey, actually. The Daleks are colourful, but Peter Cushing's version of the Doctor's quite annoying and Roy Castle mugging all over the place is quite tiresome anyway uh, you know uh, so that was one half of the double bill Uh, you know all about A Hard Day's Night I don't have to tell you about that do I Richard Lester's joyous 1964 film with the Beatles that's still as fresh and strangely subversive even today it's been a Cause when I get you alone 
definitely still holds up that uh, film if you go back and have a look at it. Um, and it was, what, 64? So it was already a couple of years old. We're looking back at 1966, July 1966 specifically, and the 24th of July, because I was curious, because I've got all the old records going back to when we took over in 1964, uh, what effect the World Cup final had on business. It never occurred to me to look. So uh, anyway, that was the two days, Sunday and Monday. There was no footy on the Sunday, but there was the West Germany-Soviet Union semi-final on the Monday, uh, still a respectable 324 admissions and a gross of £46, 14 shillings and sixpence over the two days. So from Tuesday then until Saturday, which you remember takes in the final, um, I know not everyone's into footy. I do know that. But it's the World Cup final and England are in it. Anyway, uh, it was sophisticated British comedy at its finest. Here comes that fabulous team that began operating with Doctor in the House. Morning, Doctor. Hello. Could we, by a superhuman effort of will, concentrate on the patients, Doctor? Betty Box and Rafe Thomas now prescribe their latest hilarious remedy, guaranteed to cure the blues and all depression. And Betty Box was her real name. Take a lesson in love and laughter from Leslie Phillips, the notorious consultant on romance. I'll see you in casualty tomorrow, Doctor. I won't be in casualty tomorrow. You will be. You ask her out again. But if your case is really serious, you may have to be treated by James Robertson Justice, the hospital's senior surgeon. Windsor? No. It might well be, but if it were, we would hardly allow this lady, charming though she undoubtedly is, to occupy a valuable bed. We'd have a whip round and buy her a shilling's worth of bicarbonate of soda and send her on the way to the Shirley Ann Field. John Fraser. She was nice. June Sims and... I liked her. And who's the Who would scare the sick out of any hospital. Oh! Vanilla Fielding. Show us a bit of your gizzle. Oh, I... My... Oh, not here. Yeah, gizzle? Show us that bit where you go... I wonder, did these go out in the rest of the world or was it only the UK? Oh. Haynes, as the patient who knows more than the doctors. Take my advice, I should start reading short stories. Just a minute. I hope your hands are clean. And introducing a beautiful young sextacular French star in her first British film, Elizabeth Ursi, who is very bad for any young doctor who has trouble with his heart. Yes, he did just say sextacular, and nobody would have raised an eyebrow in the audience. Ghastly star. Oh, no, no, no. It makes me look younger. By the time I finish with you, you'll look Kind of embarrassing, really, isn't it? You'll be able to grow moustache. The rewards of the wards will give you a lift. Whoops! Thank you. What a gorgeous smell. Yep, Doctor and Clover, the dying throes of a series of British comedies not quite as popular as the carry-on films. <laughs> Which is... Uh, they, well, anyway, there was little... Uh, there was a little. They were a little less smutty, actually, and rather anodyne and kind of. It's what people say. Oh, it was all harmless fun, was it? I don't know. But still, uh, a retread of all the Doctor jokes you can think of. The first film was made way back in 1954 and was a huge hit. Uh, but that was, you know, ages before that. The world had moved on quite a lot. But now the classy, the classy central performance uh, of the first film, Dirt Bogard, uh, had given had been replaced by the more uh, snarfy. Sort of Leslie Phillips. Uh, and, I, and I know there's a great deal of nostalgia for this stuff, but it's still all rather juvenile and repressed, like most Englishmen then. <laughs> um, what's fascinating is how well it did. 
Frankly, I'm surprised we had anyone in at all. On final day, which is the Saturday, uh, 177 people from Uckfield and the surrounding area would rather have watched Doctor in Clover than England winning the World Cup. I mean, really? Fascinating. 647 admissions in five days, grossing £105, 18 shillings and sixpence, making the week uh, total ninth, nine... No, that can't be right. 9,714 admissions. I wish. <laughs> uh, we wished at the time. No, probably more like uh, 1,714 admissions. Uh, £152.13, making the average ticket price about 15p. So, you know, it just goes to show. I think if England were in the World Cup final now, nobody would show up, would they? I don't know. I suppose they would. Maybe some would in, in protest that I don't like football. So I'm going to go to the cinema, which is fair enough, I suppose. Anyway, and there was um, clearly nothing worth playing from that film, Doctor in Clover. So let's move on and never talk of it again. Stand by for launching. It's Zoom with three new flavors. And free picture cards. Start collecting famous aircraft. There's a free card with every Zoom. On sale now. Kevin Markwick. How are you all doing out there? Is everything okay? I remember, please, to try, you know, get in touch with the show at Kevin Markwick on Twitter, on Facebook, the Kevin Markwick Show. You can go to uckfieldfm.co.uk, leave a little message on the web cami thing, look at the back of my head, my sort of Princess Leia look with the headphones on. Uh, or you can email the studio if you want at Uckfield, uh, studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk. Uh, it'd be really good to hear from you, what you think. Tell me to be quiet for a change. Stop talking absolute nonsense. Um, now, uh, I've got more hardcore film soundtrack stuff for you, which, again, it'd be interesting to know whether you like this stuff or not um, for the next season, which will probably be coming up in the summer. Come up with some new ideas for that. Anyway, there's a great album called Elmer Bernstein uh, Conducts Bernard Herrmann Film Scores, <laughs> which is a bit of a, a film score lover's wet dream, really. Anyway, and there's, um, it re-recorded the uh, suite from Citizen Kane, which I, I want to play you now. This is um, Herman's score for the Orson Welles uh, 1941 film, which, according to Sight and Sound, is now only the second greatest film ever made.
got the wonderful music from Citizen Kane by Bernard Herrmann from the album Elmer Bernstein conducts Bernard Herrmann film scores so you know exactly what it is and it's got some great stuff and they're all very good recordings uh, the Psycho music from Psycho music from The Wrong Man North by Northwest Taxi Driver Fahrenheit 451 uh, and of course the greatest film ever made apparently although I remain to be convinced uh, Vertigo which he, so basically he wrote all the, all the good stuff. That's Bernard Herrmann for you. Right, uh, back to the other type of music now that isn't film-based. from uh, the I Believe album in 2001. 
She Haunts My Dreams. Now, so, uh, so it's just music now between uh, here and the news. Uh, if there's anything you want, you know, you think we should be doing on the show, I should be doing on the show film-wise or music-wise, because we've only got one left and it's going to be a kind of groovy one next week. Cheney's coming in and we're just going to kind of banter for a couple of hours talking about music. So, uh, And then I'll be off for three months and hopefully back again if they want me back, that is, uh, around the summertime. So if there's anything you think, you know, you might want to hear, or even actually for next week's show, if there's something you want to hear, you think we should play film-wise, what's your favourite film music, uh, then, you know, at Kevin Markwick on Twitter, the Kevin Markwick Show on Facebook, or you can email me now, studio yeah, you get the general idea, don't you? Anyway, so with the one more show to go, the more I hear from you, the more I can make the show even less rubbish in the next uh, time we do it. Here's the Smiths. Oh, 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 oh,
Kevin Markwick. 105 Uckfield FM. Sugar Cubes. 
Birthday from 1987. I'm not given how much I mangled the uh, Spanish language earlier. I'm not even going to attempt the Icelandic uh, original title on that, which is written in front of me. But no, 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 no. Discretion is the better part of valor. There. Uh, there's a band called Hooray for the Riff Raff from New Orleans, and uh, they. Uh, when was this? 2008. They put out a single called Daniela.
for the riffraff from the 2008 album I Don't Mean I Don't Love You. Um, Now, I'm running out of time, actually, so I'm going to motor on because I'd like to get everything in before we hit the, uh, what do they call it in DJ speak, top of the air, mate. Uh, This is Daughter and one of my absolute faves at the moment. daughter from the forthcoming new LP. Well, we're almost there. Not bad for two crisp bread and uh, a cup of soup. Which is all I've had all day. This is The Shins. Taking us up to the last track of the evening.
Australia and that's it it's over um, she sung or some other uh, cliche like that thank you very very much for listening it does mean such a lot to me and please join us next week for a bit of a special bit of a special show bait Cheney's going to be in the studio and I'm very much looking forward to it actually because we haven't, I don't think we've seen each other in the six months uh, or more that we've been doing this. So it'll be great. Taking us uh, out of the show, bat for lashes. Uh, I'll see you next week. Bye. I love you all.